0: Love Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is the Bright Side with Technesia. A daily broadcast
1: on real life issues that will keep you motivated.
0: And now here's your host, Technesia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is November the fourth, twenty fourteen. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bright Side with Technician. And I hope you're getting out there right now and voting. And if not, you still have plenty of time tonight to 7 o'clock before the polls do close. Um, on with me is a special, it's a good topic that most of us encounter most of in our life. You know, we heard of the teases. Sometimes you might call somebody bipolar or say they act crazy, but they're not doing it intentionally. They really are having an issue. With one in two people affected by a mental disorder in their lifetime, there's a good chance that many of you out here, viewers, are affected. And with me will be a personal story encountering that. Many people with a mental illness may experience feelings of anxiety and despair as part of their condition. And this is important to remember when looking looking for those type of signs. When someone dies by suicide, family, and friends, they can experience this intense grief, which is often intensified if the person who died had a mental illness. And this understandably affects how people are able to cope. These are things to just consider altogether. And here with me to explain all of that is our peer mental health advisor and author, Linda Naomi Katz, who has been through and was diagnosed with acute depression. And do call in at 347-426-3751. The chat box will also be open for you with any questions that you have. Linda, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us.
1: Fine, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, it sure is. This is a serious topic that a lot of us don't really talk about. You know, we kind of brush it off to the side like, eh, okay, you might got a problem, but really people are actually going through issues because I have a few co-workers that I question their status sometimes. Like, I oh, wonder, do you really have a mental illness? You know, we joke about this, but come to think of it, it's really nothing funny about it at all.
1: No, it's not. It's very serious.
0: So, Linda, you found out that you had mental illness. When, what age were you when you found this out? Um, I
1: was. Diagnosed when I was twenty four years old. Um, that's when I had my first nervous breakdown. Okay. And my, I had was deve- developing some manic episodes, and I was roaming all over. I was totally all over the place. And I had racing thoughts going through my head. I was doing shopping sprees. I was um, hearing voices, um, seeing hallucinations. My father knew that I was suffering from somewhat of a mental illness because he experienced it with my mother. Wow. So um he sent me to my mother's psychiatrist and he mm-hmm. diagnosed me with bipolar disorder.
0: So is this hereditary mostly if the parent has it it passes on to the child?
1: Uh yes. It's hereditary mostly. But for me it was also psychological. Um, I was always depressed growing up as a child, maybe because of the of the illness that affected my mother because it was a depressing time for all of us, and she didn't like to take her medications. She was in denial. She often threw away her medications. And every night, my father and I had to um, check and see whether she took them or not. And it was not an easy time for all of us. And, And that's what caused me to get depressed growing up. It affected my relationships with people, friends, family. And then um, in college, I was not as social as I'd like to be. And I I got infatuated with this guy in college, which led me later on after college to develop manic episodes about him. So it was a tough Time for uh, for me and my family. Right,
0: and that's got to be because people, you know, usually when you have bipolar and mental illness, you have the most people have episodic moods and you don't know how to deal with that. And like I said, I deal with coworkers on my job, and we tease, "Oh, she has a problem and everything," but and it's really not funny because it really. It's scary to me because I don't know what to encounter with that. Like how to actually deal with a person who has a mental illness. Um, I had a young um, well one of the young lady she ended up quitting, but she had it too, and um, uh, but she took melter for it, and she will apologize if something went wrong. Like I'm sorry if I did this or that, not mean to do it. But let me ask this too, Linda: Is anyone immune mirror to mental illness? Hello. Yes, me? I'm here. Okay, I'm sorry. I was asking, Linda, is anyone immune to mil- mental illness?
1: Hello? Linda? Uh, I'm here. Uh, I seem to be getting cut off.
0: Uh-oh. Linda, do you hear me? I hear you. Okay. I'm going to try to repeat it again. I was asking, is anyone immune to mental Mental illness?
1: Yes. Okay. Something's going I'll... wrong. It's, I don't think it's my phone. Hmm. Because I Cause seem my... to hear you, and oh. then I don't hear you.
0: Okay, I'm going to try again, Linda. I'm going to try to call in directly. Um, Hold on, audience and listeners. I'm going to try to call in directly. Hold on, Linda. Okay, Linda?
1: Yes, I hear you.
0: All right, I'm back on. I had to call in directly through my computer and see if that worked. But before we got cut off, Linda, I was asking, is anyone immune to mental illness? Hello? Hello? I'm still here, Linda. Okay. So, Linda, what actually causes mental illness?
1: A couple of factors. Heredity could be one of them. And it's biological within the genes. And usually something psychological, like if you had a major trauma in your life, let's say, a death of a parent, or if you were abused at some point in your childhood, this could develop into a mental illness later on in life. Um, the environment where you live in has a lot to do with it. Um, where you work all depends on these factors, because um, any of these factors can cause you can cause a trigger and develop a mental illness.
0: Right. Now, explain to the listeners exactly, Linda, what bipolar is. What what is a bipolar disorder?
1: Bipolar disorder, another name for it is manic depression. Okay. Where you go from high extreme moods to very low extreme moods. Uh, All of a sudden, you're high as a kite. You're euphoric. You feel like you're on top of the world. You're very, very, very talkative, more talkative than usual. You're too, too happy. You can't sleep very well. You have irritability. um, Shopping sprees come with it hearing voices sometimes, a certain psychosis. That's why they call it sometimes a schizoaffective disorder. And um, and then you can go down to a depressed state of mood, depression, where you have uncontrollable sadness, crying spells, feel a lot guilty, a less a lot of self worth not much confidence in yourself um, um, tend to eat a lot or not eat a lot all depends appetite is also gained um, you you sleep too much. During okay. the day, you can't get up in the morning, and you don't want to. You feel the whole world is out of touch with you. you withdrawn yourself from the rest of the world. You're not finding pleasure in activities that you once had fun in. So this is what bipolar disorder is.
0: Wow. And, you know, in statistics, they say about 3% of people in the United States have bipolar disorder at some point in their life, and lower rates of around 1% are found in other countries. The most common age of which symptoms begin is 25, and rates appear to be similar in males as females. And, of course, with bipolar disorder, you often face problems with social stigma, as you were saying, when you start beginning to find that romance life. So... Um, Linda, how is the romance life for you now?
1: Oh, for me, I'm happily married now to a person who also has a mental illness, by the way. And um, we just um, am finishing a second book that we both wrote together for children. It's a mental illness story for kids. And, okay. um, and it's waiting to be published and um what? he works as a security guard, and i work continue my work as a peer advocate, and we belong to an orthodox school, and where we're both active in our own community, and um we're happy. So
0: wow, I'm I'm happy for you. You know, sometimes that's what it takes um, for you. It's a, but they always said the Lord will find someone who is just for you. You you know, there's somebody out here for everybody. So I'm glad that you're happy now. You got this book. And the name of Linda's book is titled "Surviving Mental Illness." My Story, which won a Silver Medal Award by Reader's Favorite for Best Nonfiction Autobiography and came in first place and won a Life Journeys Award for Best Memoir, Biography from Reader's Views. So if you get a chance, audience, please pick up that book. Also, Linda, how has stigma affected your recovery? Um,
1: It... I felt the stigma mostly in my single years when I was dating. The cultural group, the Orthodox Jewish community that I belong in, they're a very tight-knit society, and um, they have their own religious views on how they want their children to grow, and you know the questions they kept men kept asking me is, can you handle children? Can you work? Can you get a job? And these questions, the questions were overwhelming. And once people knew I had bipolar disorder, they went. Then men ran away from me, and I noticed the stigma first. Then during that time, and it was painful, and so I um, got involved with organizations like the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, and they had something called the Friendship Network, and I said if I couldn't... Find the community within my community, I would look elsewhere, and I did.
0: I know that's right, and i'm I'm glad it's very it seems like um bipolar disorder it often goes unrecognized and most of the time people don't target as much, and I'm sure that years ago this problem was an issue back then, but people were aren't aware of the diagnosis. Yeah. Um also now, now Linda I have heard of um unipolar depression. What is the difference between that and bipolar?
1: Unipolar is basically chronic depression. Post okay. depression. It's without the mania. So okay. that's basically what that is.
0: No problem for someone out here probably wondering, can mental illness really be prevented
1: prevented um, let me rephrase that um there is no cure to mental illness, but people yeah. can recover from it by taking their medications by seeing a therapist, psychiatrist, um, building a support network, uh, doing something productive with their life and what they like. They may not be able to do what they used to do, but they can get better and do something that more benefits them. Okay. And um, it's really hard to prevent mental illness from happening. Right. Um, be, because if there's one thing that triggers you, whether it's caused by hereditary or psychological or something environmental, but um, it can develop in life, later in life. And you don't know when it's going to hit you. I did not expect to get sick at 24, but I know that with my depressed life and the fact that I couldn't get a job or hold down a job and that my social life was not the same, I knew that someday, I feared that someday I would get sick just like my mother did. And it and that's what happened. So it's really hard to prevent it. Um, But you can overcome it and you can recover and you can start living life again.
0: Yes, you can.
1: Recovery from mental illness is just the beginning of life. It's not an end. Mental illness is not seen as an end in life.
0: So... I mean, so many people that have had these type of depression. Even some of my celebrities right now are going through, a, I, I believe that Robin Williams, he was going through a depression as well. It's seriously targeting a lot of people out here, and we ignore it because we're thinking, oh, okay, you're just you're just crying or you're laughing one moment, and they're really actually trying to express themselves, and they can't tell you, oh, I'm schizophrenic. Mm-hmm.
1: Hello.
0: All right, I am back. It apparently it seems like the computer wanted to give problems too. So I'm back with my phone but we are going to make it through. Nothing's gonna stop this show because we're trying to get a message out here to keep you're in this boat by yourself, you're not, and that you can live life normally. You just have to take your medicine and do right. It's it's a process, it's a day to day baby step, but you can actually do this. Um so Linda, what was it like growing up with a mother who was also diagnosed with a mood disorder?
1: Uh, it was very hard. I was only 10 years old when I, she got sick. Um, my parents fought a lot because she wouldn't take her medications, and they couldn't go to parties. I couldn't have people over, friends over. Uh, it was... Very hard time. Every night, I had to bring her pills to her so she could take them, so she wouldn't throw them away. Um, I I was when she was going through the episode. I was scared of her. I was frightened, and I knew my relationship with my mother was never going to be the same again. So, um,
0: it was a very hard time. right. That's a lot to endure, especially at a young age. Don't know how to handle this. How
1: yes, fun? and many children do not understand what their parents go through when the mental illness strikes right, and they should know, which is why i I wrote my Second book, which hopefully will be published soon, um, and I hope many parents will take the time to read it to their children.
0: I hope so. Th- I hope so too, because it's something that needs to be targeted and, and talked about. You could be living with someone right now and don't know that they're experiencing this this man depressive. Really, before, because I know you said you had the, the romance and everything, but what was dating and romance like before you were even diagnosed? Um, I dated
1: people when I was in college. I was a late bloomer, so I didn't date too much. And, like, I had developed an infatuation on this man back in college, and I liked him very much. I thought I was in love with him, but he didn't feel the same way. And there was a time when he didn't talk to me for three weeks. So, um... I had a lot of difficulty with that. Uh, I kept seeing a counselor to help me through the college um, environment. And um, that's basically what it was like for me. So I was pretty much of a late bloomer, so I don't think, the dating before I was diagnosed had much effect, even, at, but after I was diagnosed, it was much more harder. So.
0: Now, besides taking medicine, they also say that there's another alternative which is called electroconvulsive therapy? Yes. Um, yes. you don't mind going over just a little bit of what exactly that is, and maybe some pros and cons of even doing that type of therapy.
1: Well, um, I don't know too much about electroconvulsive therapy, but um, if you don't respond to the medications, um. And I I think electroconvulsive therapy I would use as a last resort. Um, uh, I would use it as a last resort, and only when the medications don't work, and if I'm really really not getting out of my depression. Why right. I'm really, really, really sick. So but I always er, I always urge people to try the medications first.
0: Um then, I will go for that too.
1: Yeah. Because um because you can overcome it, and you you can work through it. So, um, I believe recovery is the f- recovery and acceptance to a mental illness is the first step in getting back to your own life and wellness yourself
0: well we're going to take a short commercial break and we're going to come back with Linda discussing more about man's depression so stay tuned do not touch that dial we'll be right back after this there's only one station that will keep you happy block talk radio we're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751 Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break.
1: Me, a cat, moving in with a single guy. At first, I thought it might be a little weird, but turns out it's actually pretty amusing. For instance, like my human's gotten so used to me being around, sometimes I think he forgets I'm here. He'll get up for work, shower, shave, and come out with no pants. Plops right down in front of the TV. Hello, there's a lady in the room.
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Hey, there he is.
1: How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm
0: having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. All right, we're back here with Linda Naomi Cass, who is living today with bipolar disorder and giving us the step to what to actually do, the things that causes it. And we have talked about her growing up with her mother even having it. You know, the romance life, sometimes it's difficult to really get out there because people don't actually understand it. In your opinion, Linda, how common is mental illness? Uh,
1: it is very common. Um it can happen at any time in anyone's life. Right. Um it most people don't want to admit they have a mental illness and they can be in denial. Um, because of the stigma that's attached to it. And it can be harder for others. I know a friend who's suffering from paranoid schizophrenia, and she has been hospitalized five times. And um, she... and. She is so much in denial, she doesn't want, she can't even comprehend the fact that she's got a mental illness. She doesn't want to accept it. And, yeah, so for some people, I, you know, I don't want to, I believe, I want to say that there is hope for everyone out there for mental illness. But you forget that there are people who have the right not to recover. Right. Because they choose not to, because of the stigma, because they don't want to accept that they're ill. They're ashamed of it. And they're in denial. And, you know, it's, a tough thing to go to. My friend's sister has been trying to get help for her, but every way, she's fighting against it. And now this friend who's suffering from schizophrenia is um, battling it in courts. Um, And... It is a very, very frustrating thing it must, to happen. It
0: must, it's got to be. I can't even imagine. You know, I think my mother started getting her years on up in the road because I never even noticed it when I was growing up. And I I got someone to say that she was just a friend, and I, I didn't know the signs, you know. And I think more people are becoming more educated about it, but... We there are still misconceptions out here, the fear, of the prejudice, and the misconception they still exist, and it makes some people reluctant to admit. That, like you said, they have a mood disorder, but people, you know, it's sad. But many people with these incorrect beliefs, you're making yourself suffer. Go out there and seek treatment. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to feel bad. No one deserves to feel bad. No one deserves that at all. I don't care. If you know somebody out there who got it, no matter how awful they feel, push them. Give them the energy to push themselves to get that help. They need it. So, um, Linda, this brings me to the next question. Of course, um, what are some of the warning signs of mental illness?
1: Um. Well, like I said, that all depends on the symptoms, you know? Symptoms are usually the first sign of a mental illness. Um, Like, my friend's sister got a call from her cousin saying that um, she's hearing voices. I said, are you sure that she's hearing voices? He said, yes, I'm sure. She's paranoid. She thinks somebody is after her. People are after you. So those the symptoms are the sign, first sign. When I got sick, the fact, my symptoms were the first signs that I needed to seek help. Um, so um, I think when you hit that first nervous breakdown um, especially when you're in a psychosis or depressed episode you Mm -hmm. um, you should seek help immediately Um, if you know if you know anything and anything strange going on, seek help immediately. Do not wait. Or get someone to take you to the hospital or to a psychiatrist. Once you receive the help and accept that you have a mental illness, you can recover. And there is hope for you. And it's not the end of your life. It's the beginning. Right.
0: Exactly. It's not. Still have a lifestyle that's important to your health.
1: Right. It's also. not the most people think having a mental illness is the the end of your life. Mm-hmm. It is not the end. You can still recover. You can still pursue dreams. You can still pursue your goals. You just have to do it with support. And through exactly. medication and support you can do that.
0: You can. You can and I do agree with that. It takes a whole village, the same way we used to say it takes a whole village to raise a child, it's the same way. It takes your love, your your loved ones, your spouses or whoever, um, to help you. Um mm-hmm. now So how important is it for the undiagnosed as well as the diagnosed to just have that support, attention, and understanding of their family, spouses, and their community?
1: It is very important. If you don't have your family or spouse supporting you, it can be detrimental. And I think because I had such a, such a father and a mother who really loved me and supported me and wanted nothing but the best for me, they saw my, my symptoms, they saw what I was struggling through, and they got help from me immediately. So it's very important to have that in your life. There are a lot of people who don't have that, and for those who are left untreated, undiagnosed, um, it can be very, very bad. And um, but um, so it's very important that they find and seek support from a family member, a friend. Uh, someone, a relative, someone who is close with them, so that they're able to get the help
0: that they need, is that right? Right, they do, and this is something that you have you almost like you're bathing them, you have to encourage them, like I said, to get that treatment, and sometimes. Like we discussed earlier, Linda, with the mood disorders, they're going to go through that. It's not always easy to be around and may even reject those closest to them. But that's something that you can't take personally. When somebody has this, you can't take that personally. It's just another indication of how bad they really feel. And that's when family members, like you said, your your mother and father, they stepped in. They loved you. They understood. You know, it takes strong-minded people because you got something like, oh, I can't put up with this. You're not going to be snapping on me left and right. And that's why I mentioned the young lady on my job. She does that, and we be like, okay, you just, where, where is this coming from? Came out of her house one day, Linda, and told she said, I think I'm bipolar. I just haven't been diagnosed. And I'm looking like,
1: well,
0: <laughs> with all honesty, You need to hurry up and, and see about that because it, it's not funny. Like, I don't want to be around you and you're having these episodes. I need to know that you, you're you serious about this. Like, seriously, get, seek help. <laughs> like that—that is a—that is a, that is a, a, a serious condition. And as I said before, a lot of our celebrities been through it. Um, even back then, Winston Churchill, Abraham Lincoln—all these people have been through it. Rosie O'Donnell, just to name a few. Brooke Shields, mm-hmm. you know. So, if you feel like you're a loser, you're not. You just have a biochemical illness, unbalanced. All of us probably. Had, to me, when I look at it, Linda, all of us are a little bipolar. Yeah, everybody goes through in and out. We just mm-hmm. you just gotta know how to control it. Mm-hmm. Linda is not by herself. Everybody goes through it, regardless if you've been diagnosed or not, or taking medicine or not. But taking your medicine will definitely definitely uh, be a lot better for you. So, Linda, how does one really go about finding a mental health professional? Um.
1: Well, you first have to see a psychiatrist. Um okay. You can find a mental health professional in, in a clinic or in a hospital, psychiatric hospital, um, in a mental health clinic. Um, may some even uh, colleges have mental health professionals working there, and... They could recommend places for you to go. Um, and if you're in denial, it's going to be really hard to get Bye. someone to go see a psychiatrist. Um, so, so I would, um, if the symptoms are really... Um, getting worse and there's no way out you should call 911 and send that person to the hospital because um, that's what my friend had to do my sister's my friend had to do for her sister and um, she 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 was so much in denial that she had to call 911 herself and had police, and she had to be admitted involuntarily. But if you can, do it on your own. It is better. It's the best way. Seek help on your own, voluntarily. Right. And get the proper treatment. It's the best thing than being forced into treatment.
0: Right. Right. I agree with that. Try to do it for yourself. Get somebody out there who will listen. It's, it's people who will listen. And I think that's why you did say that. Talk to a psychiatrist first, talk to a doctor get them involved so you can get an understanding of this cuz these emotions are no they are unbearable to live with and the symptoms are are just even worse but you can lessen that all that trouble and stress if you just seek help and don't feel like it's the end of the world cuz as i said even our most famous and successful people suffer from mood disorders no one is perfect out here people sometimes keep the hush hush but you can keep a hush-hush as long as you're taking your medication. I'm I'm good with that, and you're not having your episodes on that part. So, Linda, we're waiting on this great book coming out to be published. I can't wait for that. Um, what would you tell listeners out there who might be dealing with undiagnosed mood disorders, other or loved ones, any other advice that you want to give them?
1: I just want to tell them that keep go keep alive, keep the hope alive and right. get the proper treatment and help that your loved one deserves uh seek a professional immediately and
0: and
1: do the steps that it takes, whatever you have to do to get that person into treatment. Whether that person is in denial or not,
0: get them the help. Exactly. Please do that today. And understand that this show is just intended to help you learn about the depression and related mood disorders. We're not giving you, it's not substitute for medical advice or counseling. Or other health-related services, but this is to just get you to understand that this is a serious condition that needs to be looked upon. So, if you have it, if you don't know that you have, please consult your primary care physician or a qualified mental health care professional. Linda, where can we find you if someone wants to get in contact with you or find any information?
1: Uh, they book? can call me at my home number seven one eight two six one three seven seven two or email me at BaronCats at gmail dot com or go on my website wwwsurviving dot surviving dash mental dash illness dot com
0: Thank you Linda and congratulations to you once again on Your book, winning the Silver Medal Award. Um, I'm really happy for you that you have found love in your life. God is good, I tell you that. But thank you for joining us here on the show, and you have a blessed one, you and your family, Linda. Thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I really do appreciate your time that you're taking out. Don't forget to go vote out today. Make sure you share this to remind your friends. Find your polling place online and go out there and do what you need to do before we leave i want to give you the truth of the day from my friend mary ellen which is to give yourself plenty of time to consider all options before actively making a decision regarding your life when you feel indecisive regarding a life decision, step back and look at all your options give yourself plenty of time without feeling pressed to make choices you may not be ready to make there are only few of your many decisions that call for an immediate answer Examine all your alternatives, even asking for guidance from a trusted mentor. Give yourself time to gain a sense of conviction about your decision. Today, accept three facts that some decisions cannot and should not be made quickly. Enjoy the day, everyone. Love you, and I'll see you very soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha.
1: Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern.
0: God bless.